0: welcome back to another episode of sublime soul surrender this is cosmos md your host here with the wonderful amazing manny hello manny manny is a return guest oh my god i wish you all could see his beautiful smile Oh, I want to describe you. So much joy on their face. Oh, it's beautiful. It lights me up, makes me happy that we're here together. Same, same,
1: same.
0: Manny goes by he and they pronouns, so I'm going to be interchanging them during the conversation. And Manny is here with me to talk about something that's very near and dear to both of our hearts. The concept of gender. Gender. Dysphoria, gender euphoria, and everything around the trajectory of gender. All things gender. Yeah. Let's start there. Let's start with an introduction to the audience about not what you do, but who you are, Manny.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I am a feminist I am a queer um, person, I'm trans non-binary, I'm a mermaid, (laughs) Um, and a spiritualist, Um, and it's so beautiful, um, this journey of being an eclectic spiritualist um and just learning and absorbing information from different cultures and um different religions and spiritual practices. And my witchiness has been changing lately, been getting deeper. Um, I'm in my own sort of initiation of um just going deeper into the practice. Yeah.
0: This is so fun to listen to. I'm looking, I'm writing my notes as you're speaking, because this is something I don't want to forget. Of course, I could go back and listen, but how fun. Trans, non-binary, feminist, queer, mermaid, spiritualist, witch. I just love that blend of so many different identities and loves that many people may think are antagonistic or don't belong together or, Huh? How can you do all of that and have a he, a pronoun, and a they pronoun? And I know our audience is mixed of different cultures, different genders, different sexualities, and different ethnicities, and they're all over the world. Would you mind breaking down for people what it means to be all of this? We do have a previous Recording from last year where you talked about yourself being trans, non-binary. So I invite people to go back and listen to that. I'm curious to see how you would describe all of these coming together in a way that would help us open up this conversation about the balance between the dysphoria and the euphoria, because you couldn't have come all come to all of this immediately. It had to have taken a lot of maybe dysphoria to get to this exciting place where you're feeling. This eclectic spiritual life within?
1: Yeah, absolutely. They've all been deeply powerful, intertwining uh, journeys of multiplicity. Um, When I was around uh, 16 years old, I finally looked at myself and I was just like, I'm drawing a line in the sand. Um, This line, everything. Before 16 was non-consensual and performative and not chosen by me at all. And everything after 16 would be my new journey into truth, just following what feels true um, for me. And I am deeply, deeply committed to this experience of just walking in my truth. And as I walk in my truth, I find all these gems, all of these intersecting pieces of myself where all is one and one is all. like Every part of me just kind of started to melt together um, as I explored truth. And as I explored truth, I also expanded my definition of love and how that can look for me. And when I share with other people that experience. Um, So it all just kind of naturally flowed out of like, when I decided I would be completely truthful with myself, it first came sexuality, then came uh releasing myself from uh the religion I was born into. Um, then came polyamory, um, then came non-binary and agender and demi-bigender and pangender. And um and then as I come more settle into the truth. What I recognize is that I'm trans non-binary. So it's been beautiful and fun and a reclamation of curiosity um, and innocence to just explore um, freely. Yahoo,
0: mm-hmm. without- freedom to explore and the curiosity I'm seeing you as like moving back in time and being that young child that lost the first 16 years of his life. So a lot of people think about midlife crises, which I changed to midlife awakening. You're nowhere next to midlife. When I listen to your story, is thinking I make I'm thinking about terminology that we may want to create, which is like lot people talk about lost childhoods all the time. But this is a interesting time. You're in your 20s and you look back and say, I lost the first 16 years, which then means you're about. Five years old. Yeah. Six years yeah. old, maybe. So this curiosity, does it feel that young? Or do you feel like how do you reclaim those
1: years? What do you do? Oof, okay, it's so many things. Um, so over the years I've been reconnecting with my inner child and working through doing some healing work. Um and Recently, my inner child came to me and was like, "We can do more than heal." And mm. like, I was like, "Oh yeah, absolutely! Like, let's play then. Let's let's discover. You know, and um, reclaiming the dreams that I was too afraid to talk about um, as a child, um, and also leaning in to the beauty of my childhood. There was so, there was so much." beauty in it, but I couldn't see it for years because of all the pain. Um, and so that's one way that I like reclaim those parts. Other ways is going to Black queer parties. Um, it's something so healing on a nervous system level to just be around queer people, to to see Black queerness in full effect. And it's, it's so affirming because as a child, I, I was constantly told that Uh, Black people don't do that. We're not queer. We're not all of those things. Like it was almost a given that if you're black, you have to be straight. It's just like, Mm. no. So it's been beautiful.
0: I can relate to that from the Indian perspective, but I want to go back to something when I was saying "Mm," to you in the very beginning, I don't think that your words were heard. This is the problem on zoom. Do you think you can go back to say the sentence you were talking about your inner child and you play you you your inner child comes back to you saying let's do more than heal what did your inner child say to you let's do what uh
1: yeah i said okay well let's play so, that's it
0: um, thank you because that got lost and so i have to make sure not to say mm and get excited when you're speaking cuz it cuts you off sorry audience cool. play ooh ooh okay do you see the relationship between your black queer parties and the let's play or are those two separate things for you
1: they are the same um it's there it feels so so good when I am just around my people I'm like oh my gosh this is amazing it feels like on a nervous system level so Alivening and enriching in a way that I can't even fully describe I think mm-hmm. ecstasy is the like the description of it um it's so good um, I went to this sex conference it was a BIPOC queer experience and it was just so fun one because it was a sex conference and just like we got to talk about sex for an entire like few days and so that felt really good Um, But also, it just felt so loving and warm. And like, there's a consideration around uh, emotional safety that I feel like BIPOC queers do really, really well, that uh, white people just don't, (laughs) like, they just don't know to think of it. Um, And so it's really, really beautiful to just Yeah, like my inner child is so fully present in the experiences where I get to play in my sexuality because they definitely didn't have the space for it. But yeah, when I'm able to walk up to people and like ask for their consent and they're like, yeah, (laughs) and like we get to just have fun and explore and see what's there. My inner child is just like, yes, this is so good. Because like ever since I was a little kid, I dreamt about being queer. and so. Yeah. It feels so good. To just- so many
0: things you said, just said one, I really want to hone in on is the safety it's taken for granted in non BIPOC communities. So when you're saying it feels really good, BIPOC people do this really well, it's because they need to, yes. because it's not the norm to feel safe as a black person or as a Black community, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then you layer on this piece, which you said, just assumed in Black communities, everybody's going to be straight. I'm really interested to find out you're in this group of people, you're feeling ecstatic. It's so beautiful. It's uplifting. It's affirming. Then you leave that. How do you bring that into the world that's outside of that sex conference?
1: mm yeah so I got a I connected with a lot of people at the conference we're still friends now which feels so good and there's there's sort of a built-in understanding around like connection we a lot of us that connected the conference it felt like a soul connection and so that's been really beautiful um outside of that space I primarily only have queer friends of color. Um, Mm. I really don't connect with white people that often just because now, like, I think there's like a level of difficulty that I did not consider growing up when I interact with white people. Now that I'm like older and also (laughs) more spiritually evolved <laughs> I don't like that term but the more that I like advance in my spirituality the more that it's it's important to um interact with folks who are somatic aware I know that for me I don't have the space to hold white tears um and I don't have the space to hold for all of their racial discoveries all of their oh I didn't know that black people go through that I didn't I don't have it in me to to just, so for me, when I meet white people, they already have to be an abolitionist and like 10, 15, maybe 20 years on their journey of being an abolitionist before I'm like, oh, maybe we could be friends. Mm.
0: And that's a really big, deep statement. I'm just going to let that soak in for some folk right now. I mean, it feels really uncomfortable for some people listening who are white. So for those listeners who would like to be on that movement, who do have big hearts, which I would say is our Soul Sublime Soul Surrender community. Anybody that listens to this podcast is already thinking about breaking norms and stepping outside of the boxes and speaking out loud and being expansive and being inclusive. So not doing the work for them but allowing them to have access to work that they would want to do. Before we get into the conversation that's more about what we want to really talk about today, would you just drop in something that they some place they could go, either a website or a person they could follow? that could get them on that journey if they haven't yet embarked on it?
1: Oh, I think I'm going to say his name incorrectly, but you may know who this person is. Resma. I can't remember their last name right now.
0: R-E-Z-M-A.
1: But I think there's an S in there. Okay.
0: I will do the work to figure that out and I will put it in the show notes. But what were you going to say about Resma?
1: Okay, so... He has um, some courses that folks could take. And there's one more person. I can't think of who it is right now, but I will send you their profile.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. And I just want to create that as an opening for the listeners who might feel uncomfortable hearing what Manny said. It's really important to sit with those things that make us feel uncomfortable. All of us have a lot of bias that we're unaware of and racism that's internalized that we're on that we're unaware of and if we don't feel it and then do something about it it doesn't go away so the invitation is to take those words that manny said and not feel threatened well i invite you to feel what you feel i'm not going to tell you what to feel but if you do feel threatened to give yourself safety but if you do also feel like a little bit uncomfortable you're wondering is that me do some work and see maybe you're already doing the work. You don't even realize it, but it is important for us to all do our part in creating a world that's safer for everybody to feel that they can exist and not feel threatened. So thank you, Manny, for speaking your truth. It's so important for us to hear.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Let's talk about this gender dysphoria to euphoria. So you talked about the first 16 years, how that was like gone. Now you've been working on the inner child That you're playing with and you're going to these queer parties, which I'm loving. That's amazing. In this process, it's not like it's probably all amazing, right? There's got to be moments where you feel, Am I an imposter or am I connecting with my body or what's the gender that I feel like I'm connected with right now? Where would you like to take this question of what does it mean for you to step into your identity? in your gender, your, your gender identity. And when you do feel dysphoric, if you can articulate that and share with us what that has felt like or what that may feel like if you still feel it and how you pulled yourself out of it.
1: Mm, yeah, so I would say that it started um, when I was younger, there's this feeling of lack of body sovereignty that my body belonged to everyone else. And I was the last person that it belonged to, um, specifically around like, like my butt and my chest, like people just would touch without permission and all of those things. And so for a long time, I felt disconnected from those two spaces And I felt like, uh, yeah, I shared a while back on my page where when I was really young, um, I'm going to offer trigger warning because it's kind of violent. Um, I wish a lot that I would just have breast cancer so that they could just like cut them off. You know, And I wouldn't have to worry about um, this experience anymore, this, this connection, this pain that I would feel um, when I looked at my chest and how I felt like it just wasn't mine. And I didn't have a choice about if they came in or not or what have you. And, and I also just felt people have really liked my body most of my life. Which is like, uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> but it also just felt weird. It made me feel weird and disconnected from my body. I've never hated my body. I've just always felt like, is this m- like I would just kind of be looking at myself, like, what is like, what is the mm-hmm. skin suit? So it, for years, it was just like super, super uncomfortable. Um, within the last few years, I've gotten a lot of coaching around connecting um to these parts of my body first as appreciation for the, their existence um, the same way um, when i would pray to like my heart and and my blood cells and my bones and just like being grateful for their existence and all the work that they do without me even noticing like being able to look at these parts of myself in the same way um, and then over time Growing a sensual relationship with them as well. Um, it still is kind of back and forth, especially with my chest. I had an amazing dream last night though, where I had top surgery and I was so excited about my scars and just showing everybody. And like, I was comfortable with letting people touch my chest, and I had this beautiful rose tattoo down the middle of my body, and it was just beautiful. I. I Was just looking at myself, feel so free and feel so open. I was like jumping up and down and like, uh, and like sort of galloping. Oh my God. But yeah, ever since I like got boobs, I really don't jump. I don't like
0: jumping. <laughs> I love your dream for you. Oh, Manny, I had a dream like that, but I want to talk about your dream. That's amazing. So you had a dream that these boobs were gone and what you didn't like before and people would just touch you and not take permission. You did not care if they touched you now. It's not about the permission as much as it is about what they're touching or your identity to what they're touching. I find that part really interesting because there are two pieces. One is coming into your space and somebody just touching without you telling them to, I don't think that's ever good for anybody. Right. Cause they're, unless you give them permission, right. That's like coming into your personal space. But in this dream, the same thing was happening. People were touching and you were okay with that because you didn't mind that they were touching a part of your body that you felt belonged to you.
1: Uh, yeah. is that it beautiful absolutely reclaiming these parts um, I also had to reclaim lap sitting because when I was a kid people would force me to sit on their lap and it's not that I didn't like sitting on people's laps but it just felt inappropriate because I didn't have a choice mm. um, Yeah. So recently I was able to reclaim lap sitting and that was fun. And I think in this dream, like I was so proud of the scars of just like, I did this thing for myself where I don't have to continue to carry the, the like burden. And sometimes when I talk about it, because me and my chest have such an up and down relationship, it can feel uncomfortable. I feel like my, my breasts get like, they get sad and they get like, Uh, yeah and just feel uncomfortable when I talk about how their presence kind of it's been uncomfortable for me it's just so
0: important to speak up about it's uncomfortable for you and you have them and you didn't necessarily ask for them and it's limiting you from jumping up and down maybe something you would want to do Uh, not wanting people to touch you maybe something you would want people to do yeah Uh, I salute you for speaking and saying it. I am so sorry that you have to feel it. I really feel that pain for you. And it's also nothing that another person can fully 100% understand, even if they have a similar identity, because it's your experience. It's your personal experience. Knowing that, how hard is it to talk about this right now. Like, are you pissed off and angry that like this can't change unless you actually went and did top surgery and then it would involve so many steps?
1: Yeah, um, I do. I think about the steps a lot and I think about, I guess one of the scarier steps is is, um, from what I've seen in people's journeys before you have top surgery you have they have to like the doctors check to make sure you don't have any um, lumps or any you know what I mean so that's the part that I'm like a little bit worried about because yeah like I I used to pray hard to get it you know to get Mm -hmm. breast cancer um
0: I want to honor that trigger warning and thank you for that. And I hope everybody did protect themselves in that conversation. It's also really important to highlight how tragic you can feel that you would invite somebody that is so life threatening that you actually wouldn't want to wish on anybody else. Yet that is how trapped you feel that you invited on yourself. And now, yeah, there's a subconscious awareness that, oh, Wait, I asked for this. Could it fucking actually be there? Yeah. Mm. I think it takes a lot of bravery to say all of this out loud. I know you're not the only one that's sitting there thinking this. I'm going to share a story, if I may. Mm. So I have thought, I don't know if I've said this before. I don't think I have. I have thought about having my breasts removed as I've been going through my non-binary identity And whether or not I wanted to transition. And I had a dream that my breasts were gone. I was so excited. I woke up in the morning and looked down and I was so upset. I was like, they're still there. I haven't been wearing a bra for like three years. I'd like the freedom. And I hadn't been in a relationship for a while. So the only person that was really touching these breasts were me. And I started having pain, like serious, horrible pain in my breasts, right after I had started thinking about removing them. And that pain went on for weeks and there were changes happening to the breast. And I actually had a colleague look and the colleague saw this and we had no idea. I mean, I examined breasts for a living. So does this colleague and neither of us knew what the hell this was. And this went on for a few months And then I met somebody who eventually I allowed permission to touch breasts. I didn't allow anybody to touch my breasts because I wasn't sure how I felt about them. But this person and I have a very special relationship. And so I said, yeah, you can go ahead and touch them. And oh, my God, the feeling was so good. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know I could have orgasmic delight with my breasts. The pain went away. Uh, I have chosen to keep them right now. Mostly because this guy knows what to do to them. (laughs) I have to tell you, that's my big reason. I still identify as non-binary. I still want to play with drag and I'm going to. My reason of saying this is to show how different stories can be, how important our individual stories are, but also how deep yours is, where it actually, you're going down those steps in your mind and you're thinking about something as big as top surgery. How I had thought about it and I had this a dream about it felt so good, but I'm not going to go through with it. But I found something that makes me right now feel good about them. So that's this, what we were originally, you and I were talking about before we started recording the pendulation between dysphoria and euphoria. Feeling dysphoric about my breasts for so many years and thinking I want to cut them off and then getting this pain. And to me, that felt like a message, which was, okay, you don't want them. Let me give you the pain. And then those days, I was like, okay, I'm going to fucking cut these off then. Then I find something that makes me feel good and the pain is now gone. Okay. And I'm feeling good with them. So now I'm in some euphoria. Uh, For you, when I say this story, is this difficult to hear? Do you feel annoyed that my story is so different than yours?
1: No. Oh my gosh. I love hearing different experiences. It feels so expansive and such a beautiful reminder that we're all different. And it's so necessary for people to recognize that every trans and non-binary experience is different. We're not um, a monolithic group of people. I think it's so easy for folks who are cisgender to clump us all in the same category, but our experiences are different, and they get to be different. It adds such a like richness to our experiences. So I love it. And I thank you
0: deeply for saying that. I'm so happy that you can feel that for yourself and in, enjoy the stories around you enough, or see what everybody is going through and be empathic and relate. And I. That's my message, I think, through the Sublime Soul Surrender podcast is to create more empathy for everybody's lived experiences with whatever topic we ever talk about. So in our conversation today, one of my hopes is that people develop some empathy for your experience, Manny, as a human being that is going through so much in your real life right now in your 20s through gender and sexuality, has gone through so much in your first part of your life. There's a lot more to a person than what you see. And with a couple of words, that if if the global community would slow down a bit and listen to people, there's so much more we can all connect with each other on.
1: Mm, absolutely.
0: What would make you feel heard right now? in this community listening, what would you want people to walk away with? What would you want them to know about you?
1: Mm, I, I would want them to know that this journey has been interesting. There's been ascension, dissension, creation, reflection, and I wouldn't change any of it. It's been difficult at times, but... There, there's been so many beautiful times, too, and there's going to be so many more beautiful and rough experiences. And I feel like it's just all a part of the journey. It's all a part of life. And so I'm thankful for um, the growth and the lessons that I've received, even in. Yeah, like how my gender impacts my sexual um, preferences or my sexual, um, identity. Um, so I had a sexual awakening right before I recognized that I am trans. And then I had to like do it all over again because <laughs> my trans experience, I don't like as a trans person, it, the way that I like to be touched has completely changed. Um, I learned that I can be misgendered through touch and through clothing And so that's been an interesting reality. But if I I guess if I could give advice, I would say um, to just be honest with yourself and keep checking in with how you really feel about things. And yeah, I feel like the more that you open up your heart um, and just show love for yourself, the easier certain parts of the journey will get. Yeah.
0: That's so true. It's so beautiful. You, Manny and I are both smiling at each other right now when they mentioned open your heart. There's so much truth to that. It's such a simple phrase, and it's so important because it's no, it's not simple at all. The opening of the heart isn't for the world alone. It's really for you to love yourself so much that you're able to accept all the parts of you. And I think it's telling that you're saying you would not change anything, despite the fact that you shared with us that the first 16 years of your life you feel has been lost. There's something beautiful in that too. That's, again, talking about the opening of the heart. I really hope everybody's hearing his words as Manny is saying this. It's really important to love yourself so much that your experiences then you can learn from, grow from, and deeply identify with. But it's also so important to remind each other of how hard it is. It's not like none of this is spiritual bypassing. This is all living it, living the pain, living the rejection, living the isolation, living the fight, the fight to be heard, to fight to have rights, the fight to live a life where people see you and recognize that you are there and want you to exist. This is a real fucking fight trans humans are not seen on top of which you're a black human who's trying to get equality with your race as well. And there's so much more that goes into that than we're going to get into right now. But I really want to emphasize the beauty of your journey, Manny, as you are a warrior, I will add that on your list for myself, that the witch within is this incredible warrior that's not giving up on themselves, that still has powerful, fabulous dreams and gets excited and happy about them and has found ways to play and has made some good, safe boundaries for yourself and is not wavering on the commitment to your growth. So I'm so happy, so happy that you said all of this. And thank you for being in my life, Manny
1: oh thank you thank
0: you so much i'm gonna do a tambourine (sighs) moment this tambourine is a very important tambourine it's a part of manny's tribe manny's part of sex rebels and angela is uh somebody i will remember every time i do a tambourine right angela (laughs) listening i'm really happy that we had this opportunity to talk today manny I want to continue. It would be amazing to have more conversations. And so we will call you back, of course. Before we go, is there anything else you'd like to say or anything else I haven't asked you yet that you'd like to share?
1: Mm. Yeah, there was one more thing. Um, From what I found is that in my transsexual awakening, I really like the perimeter of my body more than like the areas. I don't think that's the right word, but um, you
0: touched, you touched your body area, meaning the, the curvatures, you like the perimeter as in like the size around you. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going.
1: Yes. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, I'm loving like the fingertips, like on the outside of my legs and like, on like, Before, I was not interested in people touching my back, but now it's like one of my favorite places. And I'm like, oh, yes, need a back massage, need all the back things to be happening, which is like so interesting. And so I wanted to add that just in case like people are in this space of of recognizing, wow, everything that I like now is completely different. Um, And it's normal, completely normal, because like, Even though it may not look like it, your body is now completely different.
0: Oh, my God, yes. And your connection to your body changes. It's in the mind, right? We talk about this all the time as love-sex relationship coaches, Manny, that orgasms start in the mind. So similarly, your love of the body is also going to start in the mind. So if your mind is relating to this trans body that's now – not identifying with the body part or identifying more with another body part, your turn on is going to change what you want to invite in for somebody else to do to you is going to change how you're going to respond back is going to change. And I think that is the exciting part, too. It can be difficult because you're constantly like whiplash, right? Left, right, left, right. Who am I? What? But it's also Every time it's fucking new, sex could be so different, like one day to the next, one person to the next, with yourself or with other people, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The energetics, too, like getting into my favorite orgasm right now is the no touch orgasm. So that's been that's been really nice to discover.
0: Ooh, I'm going to love us talking about that because I know what that involves. All right. That's what we're going to call you back for. The no touch <laughs> orgasm. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Manny. I'm so happy again. So happy you were here. And to everybody listening, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation and walked away learning a lot about mm-hmm. your, yourselves and hopefully a lot about a human being going through transitions that are tough and difficult and important, and how we all need to honor each other's processes and journeys with respect and love. And I thank everybody in the Sublime Soul Surrender community to be a part of that community of people who have that commitment to each other. So to all of you, wherever you are, sending you lots of love, sending you lots of gratitude for being here with us, for tuning in and listening. And wherever you may be, have a beautiful morning, afternoon, evening, and night. And to you, Manny, I hope you have an awesome afternoon. As usual, I want to give you a hug, and one day I will. And I say thank you to you for being here together. Manny's hugging themselves as I'm sending Manny a hug (laughs) through the screen. (laughs) Lots of love, Manny. Thank you again.
1: Thank you. So amazing. Bye, everybody.